When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of the Melanated Faith Podcast. And today, yes, today, we're going to talk about Black women in reality TV. If you did not know, Black women are carrying reality TV and have been carrying reality TV for quite some time now. But we are going to talk about one of Catherine's favorite shows, The Real Housewives of Potomac. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yes, I'm 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 so thrilled. I love Real I love the entire Real Housewives franchise except for OC. But <laughs> I feel like it brings so much joy into my life. It's just not good. I don't operate like that in any of my friendships. But it just is such a nice release, especially when the women are fighting about nothing. Like, there have been some um, season-long drama related to whether or not someone returned a dog to the proper um, shelter. We've had drama about um, whether or not someone was ashy or not. I mean, it just, the list, <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on. And I feel like we cannot talk about Black women reality TV without giving a shout-out to the OG Nini, Miss Nini Leaks. If you don't know yes. who, if you've never watched Real House of Atlanta, you've seen a Nini gif. Um, she also starred in Glee um, as Coach Roz, but wonderful. She's also in the Smithsonian. So, you know, just to say the black, black women in reality TV, it's not frivolous. You're getting some aspects of black culture. Um, but today we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac, which is one of my favorite series. One of the things I love about Real Housewives of Potomac is most of the women are older and there's nothing mm -hmm. like the nice nasty shade <laughs> of a middle-aged <laughs> black woman specifically miss karen huger and miss giselle i was Bryant. about to say karen <laughs> is like number one shade thrower like for real she throws so much shade and she does it in this like nice nasty classy way but then you're also like wait did you just drag me <laughs> Yes, Miss Karen Huger, Huger is a queen of the nice, nasty shade and being just kind of unbothered, you know, married to the Black Bill Gates. Giselle Bryant was married to Jamal Bryant, who was pastor of a church in Atlanta now, but he was in Baltimore mm -hmm. for a long time. And then Robin Dixon, who's married, uh, their relationship status is up in the air. They are now engaged. They were married. They were broken up. And now they're engaged to be remarried um, to a former NBA player, Juan Dixon. You have Ashley Darby, Candace Dillard, and Wendy Osefo, who you might have seen on MSNBC or Fox News. And then the newest addition is Miss Mia Thornton. Um, but I thought that the Real Housewives of, of Potomac would be a really great vehicle for us to have a conversation about a very 
important topic within Black community, Black culture, and that is colorism. So for those of you who don't know what that term means, it's just a prejudice or discrimination against individuals with darker skin tone. And it's typically between the same ethnic group, although not necessarily the case. The idea being um, lighter skin or fairer skin, um, people black or other of black ethnicity or otherwise because of their proximity to whiteness having more privileges than those of us who are darker skinned and so this conversation comes up a lot in real house of potomac because there are three women who are lighter skinned and then two of the women are darker skinned and the reactions to the darker skinned women both within their friend group and within the audience is just vastly different. And I thought we could talk about that and kind of, Faith, if you just wanted to start us off with your observation. Well, first of all, there's just a lot of drama that um, I've seen on this show. And it's a lot of like, uh, how do I say it? It's almost like this, this back and forth competition of whose life is better than the other person's life. But everybody's lives are messed up. Like, so so it's like, what do y'all mean? I mean, you're talking about, like, who's better, going back and forth. And you also see, like, those... One thing I've noticed on this show specifically, the dynamic of how the Black women show up outside of the pettiness, it's just you can see the threads of colorism, like, from the beginning. First of all, you have a lot of the cast members that are very fair-skinned with light eyes, and then you have a few of the darker-skinned cast members with Candace and Wendy, um, now Mia. But still, there's this, like, undercurrent and thread of this, like, pettiness slash superiority but then no we're all on the same level like we're all in the same playing field and how we're viewed and in life and in society and so I feel like it creates a tension amongst the women because it's like we might have the same similar financial privileges and lives but the cultural like the way people view us like the black women darker skinned black women versus the lighter skinned black women is a completely different thing because the lighter skinned women sometimes say like pretty messed up stuff and crazy stuff and start this nice nasty fights but the black women if they like exert any kind of whether it's like confidence or assertiveness or you know speak it how it is in the same way the lighter skinned women do it's viewed as you're you're just trying to be you know domineering or aggressive or whatever and so like the viewers themselves, and even I think the cast members don't even view, they view their behavior as more like, see, you're acting, you know, the way people expect black people to act like a mess yeah. versus like actually seeing like, hey, they're actually doing the same thing that I just did. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And it's interesting because like in the first season, one of the first major fights was whether or not Robin and Giselle are biracial because they're very fair skinned and they have green eyes. And Robin was like, I am not biracial. I'm black. Both of her parents are black, um, but mm -hmm. still like fair skinned. And the woman that they were arguing with, who is no longer a cast member, was was actually biracial, had one black parent and had one white parent, but she was darker skinned than both of them. And there was this whole long conversation conversation well later on robin does like a dna test and it turns out like the majority of her heritage is actually european 
But mm-hmm. her identity is she is a black woman married to a black man and they're raising black children. And I think also too, like, you know, she's a member of Delta Sigma Theta. So all of these like sort of black cultural identi- identifying markers, even aside from her kind of light skin. And I think sometimes that can be like a struggle in this conversation, right? Because even mm-hmm. though, to your point, even though, you know, you have this sort of light skin privilege, you still are black and you we yeah. there are still some commonalities of experience about just racism or sexism that you experience as a black woman but maybe we're talking about to the extent or um, the degrees because I think you have a really good point of like one of I think Ashley and Wendy had like a confrontation and Wendy was just returning to Ashley the same energy she was bringing and and insisting hey when you address me I have you know four degrees I have a PhD please say Dr. Wendy or Dr. Osefo. And it was like, you're aggressive. (laughs) Like her immediate response to Wendy was, you're aggressive. And it was like, I mean, both of you had the same, like she was just matching your energy. You came at her crazy. She responded at that same level of, of, with that same level of fervor. But like the response was, oh, Wendy, you're too aggressive. And so, yeah, I just think there are lots of instances of that. And I think even with like Candace, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but I think part of the reaction to Candace, she says crazy things. I'm not Mm -hmm. the girl, her mouth. She just goes Mm -hmm. for the jugular. I'm not defending her behavior. But I do think part of the resentment, it's interesting to me because I think part of the resentment towards her is the fact that here's this dark-skinned Black woman who comes from a very privileged background. There is no struggle in Candace's game. Like she maybe has some struggle with her interpersonal skills, some mama drama, (laughs) but financially her mother bought her this beautiful condo in Maryland, her like helped her start a business. And I think people are like so quick to be like, oh, she's spoiled when it's just that you're not used to a dark-skinned black woman having that background or story or being treated in that manner and so if she had more of a struggle background i think people would respond but because her parents have given her every advantage even if she was like white some of the things people are like oh your mom pays your mortgage do you know how many people how many friends i have that are white that their parents help them buy their first houses and it's not like oh Oh you're oh you're spoiled oh you're spoiled what's wrong with you your parents shouldn't help you like that we should want that for our children it's like it's like it's like a gift like i remember one of my youth pastors he he married into a family and they were really you know well off for their gift because they got married right out of high school they gave they bought them a house once that and the house was like two doors down that's kind of funny anyways um hey get married stay right there anyway so (laughs) um they they took the equity that that they got from that house and then later bought a bigger house and then same 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 so like they were youth pastors and might not have made a lot of money in youth pastor money but um his wife's dad was into investing and so they got them set up in investing so they were investing and because they had the setup the know-how the dad to help set their accounts up to do that to make a lot of money they had the equity from these houses that they kept getting more and more equity flipping like not flipping but like just living in a certain area getting a better house living in a certain getting better house etc 
And so they had so much money and such a leg up financially because it was given to them. That is not uncommon for white people at all. So I don't think that there should be any shade to Candace for her having those opportunities because that is so common for a lot of white folks. It's not all, but there's a good bit that have that opportunity. Yeah, no. And I feel like even just like in the last season, uh, Ashley and Candace kind of got into it and Candace unfortunately picked up a butter knife. But Ashley was like, oh, in your mama's house, in your mama's house. And I just was like, Ashley, that's not really a dig. Like you wish your mom could have set you up financially in the same way. But I think Candace is, has been made to feel very insecure about her family's support. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I'd be like, yeah, my, it is my, my mom's house. I'm living here debt-free and did not have to marry a much older, slightly inappropriate man <laughs> i mean completely inappropriate my god today <laughs> i didn't have to marry an inappropriate man for my my husband candace's situation is her husband lives off her so you know i mean don't be throwing stones in glass houses is all i have to say i mean yeah she she whenever i see her saying stuff i'm like ah, girl you need to be quiet like your situation <laughs> is not the best okay it is not the best just be quiet because when I was like watching like one of the reunion shows about him I said and she's like I'm gonna stick beside him okay she said I'm going to stick beside this man this man is doing all sorts of things with who and and where and what and why and how and you are sitting here sticking beside him but then you get into other people's business I'm like girl be quiet please be quiet <laughs> I feel like it's a deflection tactic I really feel like if she can be in other people's business she does not have to deal with the mess she has at home and it's like That's a fact. but I also think it's funny because the other ladies are like Ashley girl girl pipe down <laughs> A right though for real she needs to pipe down i just don't understand every time she opens up her mouth i'm like why are you so bold with these other people girl be quiet your life is a mess your husband everywhere on these internet streets like just like, what at this point i'm like she has to be with him for the money she has to be because like why why doesn't she just pack a kid and go you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she had, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I feel like for sure she's with him for the money and then she stayed in it. You know, she gets probably more money per child or that's why. I mean, I just, the level of embarrassment. I mean, the when she tried to come for Karen and Karen's marriage to Ray, now Karen and Ray have been married 25 years and I'm sure marriages have ups and downs. Yeah. And to try to come for someone in a down that's been married for 20 plus years when you've been married for two or three and you're already going through a trial separation. Girl. Girl. Bye. And that's like you I said, said, your husband. mind her own business. And your husband be out here on these internet streets. I mean, she's just like, quiet. <laughs> what did, I feel like this season, Giselle, she said something like, oh, Michael's with the kids. And the other women were like, is he? <laughs> 
it's like, do you know that for? A, do you know that for a fact? I don't know. I mean, they're asking. They're asking some really good questions. That, that's that is what those are questions that need to be asked in her situation. But one thing I feel like reality show brings up when you see these little things of like of colorism, of privilege, you know, all of it, it still brings up to me the fact that it is way easier to think about somebody else's life and what they have going on than to worry about yourself in your own life. I mean, that's why we like to watch reality yeah, yeah. TV, right? Like we like to watch the the drama and seeing like the tea of, of what's happening. But one thing Giselle said after the fight between, who was it? Was it Candace and Monique? And Monique? Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to dig into this because I wanted to get your thoughts. Okay. She had said something like, See, you're just giving everybody what they want. You're you're giving everybody the what they want of their perception of how they see black women. They see us as unruly and loud and you know, we 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 fight and we're doing all this crazy stuff like you gave them what they wanted. And I was like, "Hmm, this is it really interesting for you to be, you know, for that for you to be saying that, um especially given how she acts in the show, but that <laughs> But that that was her biggest thing. Like, I can't be around you. I'm, you know, reconnecting with my, you know, pastor husband and that can't ha you're going to ruin my image. And I thought very interesting, you know, as to what she's saying about her image, plus this fighting, plus what people perceive black women as. Anyways, what are your thoughts? So I have a lot of thoughts about that. First of all, yeah, I mean, the getting back with the pastor husband allegedly I'll say allegedly, because, you know, I went to law school yeah. and I want no lawsuits up in here. Yeah, her, he didn't have the best reputation for a lot of mm -hmm. reasons, which you can Google. But I also think that speaks to you, something we had said earlier about this idea of, like, just being, like, nice, nasty. I think Giselle, so part of it is Giselle and Karen come from that, like, very Jack and Jill. Like, the thing with Real Housewives of Potomac is Potomac is supposed to be one of the highest earning income or zip codes um, in Maryland. Ironically, only like a couple of those women actually live in Potomac. But aside, they're very invested in portraying this view of Black women, uh, this sort of upper middle class image. And it and, and when Giselle right. said that, it reeks of like respectability politics. Because I think the thing too, like with reality TV, this is a slice of reality. I, I don't think that Monique fights in her regular life. Um, no. I do think she was going through something last season and that that fight was not totally about Candace. There were some other things going on there. But I also think this goes to something we've said multiple times. Black women contain multitudes and yeah. we should be allowed to show those sides. Now, I don't condone fighting. I don't condone violence. You know, I'm a, I'm a pacifist. But this idea that you you know, in some ways have ruined this, you're giving people what they wanted or you've ruined the image of Black women. I would say for people that respond, responded to that fight of between Monique and Candace are like, oh, all black women are like that. That's more about their own racism and prejudice than mm -hmm. it is about Monique and Candace. And, but I think that amongst that older generation of black people, that perception is very common. I mean, I've even had conversations with my own parents, um, although <laughs> where it's just like, well, no, not necessarily. Like, don't subscribe to this idea that like, 
people are black there are certain black people that are like a failure to their race you know whatever like if white people are allowed to make mistakes and get messy and 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 i will say this um we'll link it in the show notes but there was an article in um the washington post about what reality owes to black women and one of the women brought up a really excellent point so one of the most iconic moments in real housewives history is Teresa judici who is a real housewives of new jersey almost essentially flips a table she gets so angry at another housewife she screams and she flips a table and it's considered this iconic moment and nobody has turned that moment into oh see italian women they're all like this like all they want to do is flip tables and they have uncontrolled anger and that kind of thing it is literally one of the most beloved moments in real housing's history and obviously like again not condoning fighting but this idea that somehow it should be a knock on all Black women. It should be a permanent knock on Monique and Candace's character because they got into one fight on TV. That it's That's unfair. And I think it's, you know, anti-Black racism. But yeah, I think... But I think also, too, that fight was very confusing because Candace didn't seem like she was doing anything to re- warrant that response. And again, Giselle had been the one kind of needling... Monique all season long about rumors about her and her husband and her husband's marriage. So they kind of seem like if you're going to fight anybody, it should be Giselle. But then Giselle is like older. So Monique might not have wanted to fight her because she was afraid she, you know, you know, hurt her, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hurt her. And I think Giselle and Karen kind of anchored that show. And there's like a hierarchy. And again, speaking about colorism, there's like a hierarchy of like Giselle and Karen are at the top. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it was Candace was like the easier target for a lot of reasons because people like to bully Candace. And yeah, um, but I, I, that agree. Giselle's behavior after that fight was just so over the top. Bringing a bodyguard, I mean, come to on. a meet down, a meeting with your friends. This girl is not this, this man was, just, was like, I'm just gonna get my paycheck and be in this other room eating my food because. It was so. I know. It was so ridiculous. That was a ridiculous response. But I also feel like her response too reminded me of kind of like that respectability that you get from the older generations. That respectability politics, like we need to portray this type of image. If we do this and we do that, then you know we're going to be looking better as black people. But we. We know that it doesn't matter how much money you have, what neighborhood you live in, like racism is going to find you. And it doesn't truly matter how, quote unquote, respectable you are. Even doctors, lawyers and judges have had unjust police stops. People, you know, um, mad and upset at them about stuff. I mean, like we've seen video upon video upon video, nice cars, nice houses, police coming into their driveways, knocking on their doors you know, all kind of stuff happening to nice, rich black people. So respectability, mm, it doesn't really go so far when you're black. That's just the truth. Yeah. I mean, and like, yeah, yeah. Not forget that they killed Martin Luther King Jr. was wearing a suit when they shot him. So, you know, I just, yeah, no, I, it, that's the thing. It didn't make sense. Like if people who want to be racist don't need an excuse to be racist. And so I think to hold, as a to like this ridiculous standard and like i said i just feel like black women 
can contain multitudes. Like, not every Black yeah. woman on reality TV has to be kind of match Nene Leakes' personality. For example, Real Housewives of Atlanta, like Cynthia Bailey is someone who's quieter mm-hmm. and she tends to be less reactive. And it's like, oh, she's boring. But it's like, you know, she... It, not every black woman has to have this sort of over the top personality. Yeah, that's her personality, and it's and that's okay, and it's fine, and she can show her reality too. And I think we have to create that same space for black women to contain multitudes and have different stories and different backgrounds, and it not be like, oh, you're an embarrassment to the race because you got in one fight. Yeah, and because you don't act like this, yeah. right? And I think sometimes I used to feel that pressure as like a as a black girl, like okay, like I didn't, you know, I didn't pledge, I didn't do, you know, any of these things. I went to this super, you know, conservative Christian school. There weren't those like outlets specifically for black students, and sometimes it can feel like you missed out on something, like in being a part of the culture in in ways. And you know, I think about those moments and I still think to myself like I'm not any less black though you know what I mean like I don't have to have all of those experiences to be considered you know a you know quote-unquote black woman or accepted into the fold and I think that it can be it's a conversation to have because there's people who want to show up as their full selves as black women and they might not be the Nene Leakes type and they might not have pledged and they might not be a Delta and they might really like anime and might really love, you know, streaming on Twitch and or talking about, you know, different kind of TV shows or pop culture. Those things are okay. Like, I think like you're saying, we, you know, there's pictures that are painted about black women. And if if you fall outside of those pictures that are painted outside of the lines that are drawn, you know, people can look at you like, okay, are you like, where do you stand? Where do you land? And I think where you land, whoever you are is enough. Like you can show up as yourself in that way. And um, we aren't we aren't what some people love to see, which is just, you know, aggressive and messy and fighting and, you know. Yeah. And it's fine. And I mean, and it is, and I think it's fine if you are that. I mean, I wouldn't, being messy can get you dragged as Candace found out. It can get you dragged. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, but I think to your point of like, even within like our sort of African-American, like we have to stop policing those bounds for each other, right? Like yes. this idea that like Robin might is less black because she's light skinned and has green eyes and she has to claim to say, oh, I, she should have to say I'm white or have this white identity when that's not really how she feels. And like she feels and has claimed an, an identity. Or how she was raised. Or how she was raised. Yeah, as she's claimed as an African-American. And I think we, on both sides, I think, we have to stop policing that. But I do think we have to be conscious of the ways in which we contribute to sort of anti-Black racism, even amongst ourselves and the sort of yes. prioritizing and elevating of people who are lighter skin. And here's a funny thing. Okay, this is a funny thing I love about Giselle. Giselle is like very classically pretty because she's, you know, and I think also too because she's light skin and she has green eyes. But Giselle cannot dress for anything. She is literally probably the tackiest person yes. I have ever seen on reality TV. <laughs> yes. And Dr. Whitney put it perfectly that she's like, Giselle has pretty girl syndrome. She is pretty and she doesn't try in any other way. And it's like true. Like I feel like men would try to hit on Giselle in a potato sack because she's like, and so I think, right. She's pretty. So I think even these kinds of things, like we need to be (laughs) aware of like, 
being just because someone has light skin and green eyes doesn't mean they're any more beautiful. And I think than someone who's darker skin or caramel skin and has brown eyes. And so the ways in which we even prioritize and put on a pedestal amongst each other in our own community, those who maybe have more proximity um, to whiteness. And there are tons of studies. If you look, I might link one in the show notes of where like politicians, lighter skin politicians, lighter skin black politicians do better than those who are darker skin and all these kinds of things where there's a preference still even as you know if we're becoming a more and as we're becoming a multi more multiracial society that there's a certain privilege that comes along with being lighter skin but i do think yeah. to your point black people contain black women contain multitudes you can be a nini leaks you can be a boring cynthia bailey <laughs> you can like anime and like i don't know because even when you were sharing that i think even from my experience right like both my parents pledged and are very active still in their fraternities and sororities, but I didn't do that. Um, we grew up very sheltered, so a lot of like 80s, 90s R&B that I should know from my childhood, I, I don't know because my parents made us listen to Same. Christian radio. I think KLTY is what it was yes, in Dallas. Yes, man. I, when, as soon as I could be done with KLTY, I was finished. Over. Because I was like, Mom, I was like, this is the same songs from when I was like six. I can't take it anymore. They play the same six songs and they never they hardly ever pay people of color. Yeah. So, so then I had this like gap in knowledge. And so like, as I've gotten older with friends and they're like reminiscing about like, Oh, remember this song when it came in the radio? And I'm like, no, I don't. Exactly. <laughs> but again, to your point, like, am I less of a black person because I don't know that song? No. And I think, and, but that's part of like, too, I think we've talked about this on a previous episode of like growing up, like questioning, like having a period mm-hmm. of where you struggle with your own racial identity because these cultural markers you don't have or don't share and then getting to a point of being like, you know what? It doesn't matter. And lots of black people, there are more black people, black people not liking anime is a misnomer. You know, Meg the Stallion made anime. (laughs) I feel like anime is very, is becoming much more, more mainstream among African-Americans. And so just finding Mm -hmm. those pockets of community rather than being like, Oh, I'm not as black because I like anime. Exactly. And I think for me, like, one thing, just like you're saying, whether you're like a Nene Leakes or you're quiet, like Cynthia Bailey, I think us as a community within ourselves, even making more room for each other to be whoever we are. Like, you know, when I think about my friends and my Black girlfriends, I just want to make room for them to be who they are and celebrate them. Not everybody is the same or alike. Like one of my closest friends, she will always look at me and go, girl, what are you wearing? Let me help you, whatever. Because she knows that sometimes that's not always my strong suit, but she, you know, has been mentoring me and I've been getting better with like my outfits and things like that and working on it. But it hasn't always been a big priority for me to like be, you know, super, super dressed to the to the nine all the time. Sometimes I just want to be in a T-shirt and jeans, but she has helped me and I, you know, find myself enjoying it more. Like, you know what? You're right. Like I do enjoy, you know, getting some cute stuff and wearing it out and dressing up when I want to dress up. And that's amazing. But I also know that I probably will never dress up as much as she does. And she doesn't expect me to. which I appreciate but she has helped me to appreciate shopping and finding things that I like but also not trying to change me like she does it when I ask her for help and I think that 
there's a way for us to do that, to encourage one another, to celebrate each other for who we are, um, and also not to look down on one another. I don't care how you show up. If you like to have fun, if you're loud, if you're charismatic and you want to have a good time, be you. Like if you're quieter and you just feel like you want to be in the room and have a great time, but you're probably not going to say a whole lot, that's okay too. And I think that there's this level of like, I don't know, sometimes like this demonization, I guess you could say, of black women that can take place if you do roll your neck or you do say whatever, tell somebody like it is. And I don't like that. Like, I do not like that. I feel like black women, we should be able to show up as we are, however we show up, whatever that looks like. Nobody is better than the other person. We're just being ourselves and there should be room for us to be that. Yeah, 100% agree. I think, yeah, showing up however you feel called to show up or however, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like God designed each of us uniquely. And if you have to shrink yourself or pretend to be something else you're not, no matter what your friend group looks like, those are not really your friends. Those are not the people for you because really they should all be making, we should be making room for each other to show up. Yeah, how God designed us. And I think if black women, if you will, you know, roll your neck or, you know, snap your fingers or you like to read people and that's not R-E-A-D. Tell read. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, you know, let people know, you know, you they're not going to yeah, tell make them, them come correct. Make them come correct. You're not going to let people cross your boundaries. Like that doesn't make you aggressive or that doesn't make you less of like a woman. I think there's, you know, benefits to like holding your tongue sometimes. But I just feel like this idea that like black women have to be meek and dis- and and you know, just smile, like they can't show up as their full selves without being called aggressive or they can't demand, you know, respect for their credentials. Like Dr. Wendy Mm -hmm. has a PhD and like there should be a level of respect for that, like that she should be like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to call me Dr. Wendy. It doesn't matter that I have a PhD. No, no. And I feel like we shouldn't have to like um, diminish ourselves for other people to see our humanity. Yeah, 100%. We should never have to diminish ourselves. And we should be able to celebrate ourselves. That's the best part. Like the best part of being who we are is to celebrate ourselves, our accomplishments. Like, and I love that Dr. Winnie demands respect for herself. Like that she says, I am a doctor. Get it correct. She's now, like four you know, degrees. She might have, <laughs> yeah, she might like try to remind you too much, but at least she's, you know, saying, hey, I accomplished this. Like there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with saying you, you know, you're proud of your accomplishments. So, yeah. And I think also, too, one thing I think on the show, like, of being accomplished for something more than being a wife or a mother. I think sometimes we can, like, elevate that to an, like, to a certain extent, like, you're only accomplished if you've done these two things in life or you're only fully a woman. And so I also just, I liked the, you know, in her first season, Dr. Wendy was very big on, she did say four degrees too many times. But like her educational and professional accomplishments and that she was about her business um, and hosting events for black women to like learn about electoral politics and those kinds of things. Because I feel like before she came on, we don't really see that, at least in the Real Housewives. I will say the black housewives generally talk more about current events and um, politics than the non-black housewives but of course and it's it's so funny to like watch that where it's like now in this sort of um and other franchises where they're trying to integrate them more they're bringing on more black women 
they're like, uh, some of the white women are like, why is everything so political? And it's like, if this was Atlanta or Potomac, this is not political. This is just part of what it means to be a black woman. I have to talk about these things. Exactly. I'm not trying to be like political. I can't this, separate myself it's from just, It's from my life. life. Like Black Lives Matter. I'm raising two black sons. It, it's my life. Like I'm not being political. I'm talking about the very real fear that I cannot send my sons to the grocery store without myself, <laughs> you know? And so, um, so yeah, it's just really interesting. But I feel like with Dr. Wendy, like a more communal focus usually their um conversations within their sort of friend group but dr wendy has had like multiple events where it's like we need to talk about voting we need to talk about you know education funding and that kind of thing and i love that like that kind of because that is a very real part of i think for a lot of black women in their life like that sort of educational civic engagement kind of thing and so i like that they're bringing that more of that element um to the show but yeah i just and black women are highly educated like she and she's the example of that like of the demographic of black women that are highly educated and degree which is facts. most black women facts yeah like black women with college degrees they outnumber i think black women are the most one of the most highly educated groups i in think terms we are the degrees yeah and that has been missing on reality tv like you know we do hear about like some people the real houses of potomac talk a lot more about education i think just because they're more like a lot of them are more high more traditionally higher education have college degrees working on master's degrees mm-hmm. that kind of thing um but yeah i think and it's fun to just like just have like a definite like you know they are the queens of nice nasty but to have yeah, just like a yeah. different element of like these accomplished black women who do reflect i think remind me more of like kind of my aunts and the women i encounter at the beauty shop when i'm getting my hair done oh my because there's yes. no i mean there's which no is sh- the, my which is the best <laughs> yeah there's no shade like older black woman shade i'm karen the grand dame don't come for her you Listen. will not find her <laughs> Listen, there is no shade <laughs> like it, okay? Older black women are seriously queens. And I feel like if you're not like if you're not in the black community, you have no idea the reverence and respect that we have for the matriarchs, okay? Because they will they will build you up and, and cut you down. <laughs> I have the funniest, I have this like funniest story. I wore this outfit to church once and I thought I looked cute. And then I was having a little struggle bending over um, and, you know, keeping it all together. (laughs) And one of the matriarchs, the church mothers, pulled me aside and was like, Catherine, sweetheart. Or I think she said, honey, Catherine, honey, don't wear that to church no more. And I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, Miss Jackie. I ain't (laughs) mean, She got me right together and I have not worn that outfit to church since. And I was like, yes, ma'am. You're right. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I looked cute. <laughs> she told me not to wear it anymore. And I said, okay, because that's how we roll. I mean, it is a, like a very much more like, uh, yeah, we have, there's just a level of reference. Like, I, I'm I'm not going to be talking back to Miss Jackie. What she says goes Mm-mm. like, Mm-mm. so, but yeah, I like. And I think you see that even in some way on the show with Karen, like there is like a level of respect for her. They go back and forth, but still it's like, it's Karen, you know? Oh, yeah. People aren't trying to, like, completely overstep and, like, outrun her because they know that she will get them. Oh, yeah. 
And I think people want, and the fun, I think the thing about this show is like, it's so interesting because even for the most part, I think these women actually are friends and do have a level of respect for each other. And I think sometimes the arguments come when they're trying to call each other in, like, hey, your behavior is yeah. out of line. And then it just kind of escalate, you know, because some of Karen and Giselle's arguments are really rooted in the fact that they have, they have been friends for a long time. I think their kids grew up in Jack and Jill together. Like they have a level of respect for one another. And it's just like, hey, you're not acting like yourself. And then, you know, how sometimes when our friends tell us that we don't have the nicest response, but nobody's filming us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, but yeah, I think there's just, yeah, they do have a level of respect for one another. And I think, you know, the conversation about colorism is just about like awareness and like, because I think sometimes it's like unconscious or like subtle biases where we don't realize, oh, why am I excusing Ashley Messy Darby? Why am I excusing that and being like, oh, she's just being a good housewife. She's bringing on the show. And yet there's like this deep defect in Candace's character when she responds. I'm not saying Candace doesn't take it too far, but there's like a level of like Candace is not allowed to say anything without being called aggressive or disrespectful. Right. And I mean, if you really watch, Ashley sometimes goes out of her way <laughs> to dig at Candace, to get in things that don't involve her. And it's not just Candace. I mean, you know, early on, she, getting in between Robin and her husband's relationship. And I really think it is to what you said earlier that <laughs> Candace, you, I mean, Ashley, you have a lot going on in your own ho- household. You might want to just pipe down. <laughs> at this point, it's just pure avoidance. Okay. It's like pure avoidance to acknowledge the reality of the life that she is living with the man that she chose. So <laughs> she gonna stick beside him. That's my man. She gonna stick she is going to <laughs> stick beside him. Okay. She said she changed. He has not clearly changed, but <laughs> she gonna stick beside him anyway. <laughs> She's gonna stick beside him at least until she gets to the level of alimony she thinks she I was gonna say first. until she until she can di- marriage. Till divorce him, yeah. Yeah. She gonna stick beside him. But you know, money, money's a motivator. So that's what that's what she's working with. Hey y'all. Okay, I want to talk to y'all about jewelry. You know how much I love jewelry. If you have seen any of the outfits that I have on, I'm guaranteed to have big earrings, usually a necklace, probably a gold chain. So I got hit up by some friends at Ana Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, Ana Luisa, and they have incredible jewelry and gold chains. Um, They also have earrings and rings and all those other things, but I love gold chains. So I have several from them and I want you to check out some of their jewelry. It's super affordable. It starts off at $39. They have new collections released every Friday. Um, But also you can go on their website and get 20% off with our link. It's shop.analuisa.com forward slash melanated and you can get 20% off. So their pieces are incredible. You can get them starting at $39. And this is the sale time. So because of the holidays, run and get that sale, girl. Okay. Anyways, go check out the jewelry. Um, if not for you, get it for somebody else as a gift. You will not regret it. I love every single piece that I have. And they're all amazing, super cute chain necklaces. You will be seeing me wearing them. And I want you to go check it out too. AnnaLuisa.com. 
Okay, y'all. Well, we could probably talk all day about this topic because black women, life, colorism, all the tea. We love the tea. Anyways, but it is time. <laughs> it is time for our favorite segment and yours. Go off, sis. Okay, so Catherine... What are you going to go off about? Um, what am I going to go off about? I actually think since you have had, we are recording this after a very big weekend for Miss Faith, that you should go first. All right. I will go first. I will do my mess first, and then I will do my bless. Okay. So my mess is going to be, well, let me just tell you all. I have been traveling a little bit more as of late, and traveling is just not the same anymore. It is not the same. So my mess is a travel mess, which is, you know, everything is very different. And on the planes now, you barely get any kind of real snacks, food, et cetera, et cetera. Delta is doing pretty good because now they've just gotten back to like giving you some cans and stuff and having your own drinks. But the snacks have been pretty terrible. I don't know if it's the supply chain. I really don't know what happened, but flights across the board, American, Southwest, Delta, Delta's back to the Biscoff cookies. We've been having Biscoff cookies for like three years now. I need it to change. The mess I is, love the cookies. Oh, I gotta get, gotta get rid of them. We've had them for too long. We have had the cookies for too long. But now they're giving us almonds. What? I just, I, can't, I just cannot. I cannot. I want new snacks, completely new snacks. I know that COVID has messed some things up, but I want new snacks. That's all I'm going to say. And I really used to like Southwest snacks, but it's, you know. It's all different. It's all different now. When you travel, it is all different. It's not bad. We do want to keep everyone safe, but there are some things that I truly miss from before. My bless, my amazing bless, is that I just had my birthday, turned 31, and I got engaged. Hey. She a fiance. Yay. I really can't believe it. Um, Y'all have listened to me talk about my dating life on this podcast. So it's a miracle. Okay, indeed. God has truly worked a miracle. God is good. But the matchmaker worked. And um, yeah, I am engaged. If you want to hear about our story, listen to the episode Pandemic Love. I talk all about it. But I um, did date during a panini <laughs> and um, we're still in it technically. And yeah, I got engaged and I'm so excited. So that's my bless. Well, that is wonderful. We are so happy. We've been on this journey together and I just feel like I'm getting my happy ending too. I yes. love a story that ends well. Yes. So congratulations to Faith and Marcel. Um, okay, so my mess, I'm going to do a dating mess, too, because, you know. Go ahead, go ahead girl. It's a, well, the mess go is off, sis. that we haven't actually gone on a date. Because, let me tell you. Please. I'm just very rusty and totally, you know, it's been a while. So I went out with some girlfriends to happy hour to have some drinks. Our waiter was cute. Like, I noticed that he was cute. But, you know, guys don't really ask girls out face-to-face -face anymore, so didn't have that expectation. 
but he did ask me out. Okay. <laughs> and he put his number in my phone and I deleted it. Accidentally, accidentally. I don't know what happened. If it was like a purse delete dial thing, I don't know. So I went back. Like I had it, like this happened a couple Fridays ago. I had a, like a week's worth of travel for work. Couldn't go back to the restaurant. Went on a Tuesday, left my business card. He has not called. My, the advice that I have gotten is to go back and have drinks with friends again and, and try to run into him again. I don't know what's going to happen, but that situation is a mess. And Girl, I am de- shook that it got deleted. Hey. What was I'm it in your notes? Was it in your like? No, what was he it? like. I think he put it his. <laughs> he put it in my contact, and he didn't and save it. Didn't save, and so I like it's just as like his name, but not like contact information. So, anyways, the mess. Hopefully, someone this can this can be can. redeemed. You know what I'm saying? You know, hopefully he'll get the business card. It's been a while, but you know, we're praying on it. Um, it can be redeemed and, you know, I'm, we're, I'm still on apps and we're still, we're putting my, we're putting ourselves out there. Um, but yeah, that was my mess, my misconnection. Okay. And okay. So then my bless, I'm going to do TV. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. season two of Ted Lasso, loved, loved. I need to get on it. Everybody talks about it. Loved. The sixth season, I, it, it totally, I think flip the script and um nate is a mess he goes on the mess list but overall i love what the writers of ted lasso did in season two i thought it was a brilliant story from start to finish and i think in our episode with jamie grace we talked about fall tv and she talked about how she loved network tv so i'm trying to give network tv a chance okay okay so i've gotten into 911 she was right oh yeah it's a cute show it is and there's a lot going on. I don't love suspense, but, you know, Angela Bassett, Black Democrat, she's so good in that show. Equalizer, I think we had already talked about. And then I'm going to watch this season of The Bachelorette with Michelle Young. Is that her name? I don't know. Young Black Woman Looking for Love. Yes, I, feel like I was going to say, if it's a Black Bachelorette, I will watch it. Yes, yes. We, I, I'm Call sure me I'll biased. Have, I don't care. I will. Exactly. Same. And I <laughs> will... Um, I'm sure we will have some conversation about what's going on in Michelle season as the season progresses. Um, Cause you know, I don't know how diverse the production is behind the scenes, but I- I'm excited. I love to see black women in love and cherished and celebrated the way they deserve to be. I do. I love it too. And you know what? If she doesn't get in love, I'm just glad she getting that money, honey. Okay. You better get those brand and deals. Sponsorship opportunities. Show me the money. Go ahead, You know, girl. Rachel Lindsay is our queen. Got her whole husband. And <laughs> is out Rachel here Lindsay said, I am playing no games with you. Thriving. Bachelor franchise. With you or without you. Thriving. I'm good. We love Rachel Lindsay. Um, yeah, so that's my blessed my mess this week. Oh We're gosh. hoping for a reconnection and I can come back and say a bless that I went out with a waiter that I met. 60 Vines in Dallas. D, right. If anyone knows D. Everybody pay attention now. Okay, Faith <laughs> Networks is dead. Networking with friends is what needs to happen. I feel very strongly about this. 60 Vines in Dallas. If you know D, hit up Catherine. We got to make this connection happen. You never know who is listening. We never <laughs> know. God can make a way. Out of no way. We believe no way. We believe God for a greater work. So, yeah. 
thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you back here in your feed next Thursday. Um, in the meantime, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Guys, we really, 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 really want to get to 200 reviews. We're so close. Um, follow us on Patreon. We will be recapping. Oh, we didn't even mention this. Insecure. October 24th, Insecure comes back. We, hey. will be, we will be recapping the final season of one of our favorite television shows. So we hope that we'll see you over there. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.